podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we are getting into the meat of the offseason here, which of course means anytime that we don't have a head coach in one of the major programs, it is rumor season. Um, all of the things, you know, going on, obviously with, with Travis Goff just getting hired in the last week or so, um, you know, there's there's lots of opinions and thoughts about what's going to end up happening and who's going to end up being the new head coach, whether it's going to be Emmett Jones, you know, currently the interim coach, or it's going to be someone from outside the program. So... I thought this week, let's go ahead and try to see if we can figure out what our best guess is going to be. And rather than bringing my usual co-hosts who have already kind of given all of their thoughts and opinions on that, I would bring someone who I'm sure you guys all know, you've seen around Twitter. He's he's actually broken quite a bit of news surrounding KU and the, the AD search and the coaching search. He calls himself the KU Woj. It is Mike Vernon. Mike, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good. That is a joke, uh, mostly an inside joke to call myself. Can you watch? We're just having fun and trying to educate and inform KU fans is as best as I certainly can do. Look, the last so I'm few doing weeks. Great. Thank you for having me. Well, I was going to say, the last few weeks, you've completely lived up to the nickname, whether it's a joke or not. I mean, you know, giving people <laughs> a lot of insight I, into what you've been hearing. Um, you know, breaking news in in a lot of cases, you and you and Bryson Stricker over on on Twitter have been breaking a lot of news for people yep. related to, to Kansas. So that that's actually part of what it was, you know, that, that wanted me to bring you on the podcast because you're still, you know, giving those things that you're hearing around the program. Um, but before we get into what it actually, ha- you know, is that you've been hearing, we were chatting a little bit before we got started here. Wh- what is it that really kind of got you into this and, and how do you how do you find out this information about a, a program like KU? Yeah, that's a good first question. Who am I and why am I doing this? Uh, and how is this even possible? So, you know, I, I came through the Kansas Journalism School. I worked for the Daily Kansas. And I was able to break a little bit of news back when I was a student. And I worked a little bit as a correspondent for the Topeka Capital Journal. So I've been involved with Kansas in the program and have been reporting on the program for a long time before I eventually moved out to San Francisco for a job at the San Francisco Chronicle and then spent six years at Bleacher Report. So certainly uh, I'm a trained journalist with an interest in Kansas and I have since left the industry and I, I work kind of in the tech scene out in San Francisco. But, you know, I, like many others, was sitting here hearing this whisper campaign about not campaign, but there were rumors like crazy and open secrets almost about Jeff Long and, and Les Miles, whether or not and this, you know, Les was able to be an efficient head coach, whether or not Jeff Long did due diligence. Those are all fair questions that I started asking on Twitter. And, you know, I think that's something that a lot of people had opinions on. A lot of people wanted to discuss and instead of trying to act like I was above that I was really able to have those conversations with everyone to try to figure out what is going on let's get a clear picture here and in you know eventually started to put those journalism and reporting and kind of old school skills to work and to use and I started to you know really develop a clear picture of what was happening no, not one thing I, that I said has been refuted. Uh, I am very confident that I've been dead on and will try to continue to do so through the AD search. And, and really, you know, why I was a concerned Kansas alum, like many of you, kind of going, what the hell's going on? And, and so yeah. we, we were just working to find out and am continuing to, to do so through the football coach church. We'll see what happens after that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those things kind of being on the other side of this. You know, I've I've reported about Kansas for quite a long time, but always kind of done it from the, you know, fan side of it, um, being being a part of Rock Talk Talk. We unfortunately they they, you know, sure. they being the Kansas Athletic Department pretend like we don't exist <laughs> for whatever reason. 
um, we, we tried to go through the credentialing process at one point, you know, so now we're kind of getting all of our information secondhand and I've heard rumblings and, you know, back when, when Les Miles was coached, there was, there were some questions about, you know, what's going on with him, maybe some potential health issues. Like there's a bunch of stuff you heard rumblings about, but nothing that I could sure. confirm to the point where I wanted to actually report it. But, you know, it, it, it seems like, and, and I think a lot of this has to do with the way that Jeff Long has run the program and the fact that there's a lot of big money donors and not so big money donors that were just super unhappy with the way that he was running the program. It seemed like there was a lot more leaks recently from the Kansas <laughs> Athletic Department than you would normally expect. Usually they run a pretty tight ship. You know, normally it's it's almost impossible to work with them unless they really want to work with you. And it's really impossible to get a lot of information out unless you have a lot of you know sources or a lot of connections to people in the department. And it seemed like it was a whole lot easier for that. So, yeah, I, I was I was kind of in the same boat that I had heard some rumblings about some stuff that was going on that, you know, Jeff Long was in trouble, that Les Miles might end up leaving. But it I, you know, didn't have the details of what it was. And then, of course, we heard the rumblings from LSU. And so. You know, it, it was yeah, that, it was nice the to timing have, of that was crazy. Oh gosh, I know. So it was nice to have a lot of that like kind of confirmed and know that I wasn't like com- being completely led astray. But you know, it also makes it difficult, I think, to really know what is actually happening. Which is why I you know turned to people on Twitter that definitely seem to have the connections. And and again, part of the reason I wanted to bring you on because you know you've been right with all the stuff that you've done um, recently, kind of what you've been talking about. And you know, there's some really kind of interesting thoughts. And, and, and questions to ask based off of what you've been hearing recently. So definitely, uh, obviously the biggest thing on everyone's mind is the head coaching search for football. Um, and we're going to, sure. we're, we're going to get to that here in just a minute. I did actually ask, um, you know, the listeners of the podcast and then your own followers um, to, to give us some questions for things to answer. And I think most of these are things that I was probably going to ask you anyway. Um, but we'll just go ahead and actually start because it seems like there's a lot of support from the players and a lot of support from other people kind of connected to the program, like basically former players or other people that have worked on this staff that seem to be putting a lot of support behind the idea of Emmett Jones being hired on as the full-time head coach, um, or at least being allowed to retain the interim tag through this next football season to kind of do a tryout. And I mean, I've seen everything that you've been talking about with, with Munkin, you know, trying to put together a bid to be able to get the job and things like that. Um, Instead of, you know, talking about what we, well, which, which do you think is more likely, that they're going to hire an outside candidate, or do you think that there's a realistic possibility that Emmett Jones actually coaches the entire football season as the interim head coach? No, I mean, that is the question. I mean, you're getting right down to it, no doubt about it. There are, one, I do not believe a decision has been made. I do believe that... Travis Goff was brought in with the, and apologies if you hear any noise, I am outside. Uh, I do believe Travis Goff was brought in with the understanding that he couldn't make that choice for himself, if that makes sense. Um, Right. And I do think he is exploring both options. Um, I'm not going to guess. Well, here, actually, you know what? Sure. Let's do this. I'm going to try to be really clear based off things I've kind of heard, what I know, and I'll give you my opinion as well because I'm not, you know, printing. I'm not a print journalist. I I can kind of navigate these three different things really clearly. Uh, I will guess, and it is my thought, that he does hire an external coach. So I'll put my, my guess on that now. I do, again, this is because I have heard that he was at least given the the ability to make that decision. It wasn't, hey, you have to come give Emmett Jones the job. Right. Which, which wouldn't, which wouldn't be right. Well, and to be Uh, honest, like, if if that was the ultimatum when he was hired, I doubt he would have taken the job. Because when you're tasked to come in and fix the football program as bad as KU's has been in the last decade, you know, you don't want to get hamstrung. You don't want to get forced into a role or into a decision that could be as massive as that in terms of who's going to actually lead the program for the next, you know, five years. Now, I, I do believe that Goff has done a really good job of talking to donors, donors who were displeased. And I, I reported this. This was kind of the big moment of the Jeff Long era that that a group of donors met with the chancellor at the very end, like the day before he was fired. 
after his press conference about um, about less uh, in that press conference was a disaster. Absolutely. I do believe Travis Goff has done a very good, smart and thorough job of speaking to those important influential people who helped this program exist and help it, you know, maybe thrive one day. Uh, he is making sure that they feel heard. And I think he's done a very good job of that from what I heard early. Um, and I, my guess would be that there's some delay here just in terms of lining up. Where are we at financially? Where is the program at? I wanted to talk to people in the program, people who have been outside the program, influential people, AKA donors, um, as well to figure out how much money do we have? Where's the program at and what decision do I need to make? So I think that's what is happening right now. As of what is today, Wednesday, April 12th, 14th, 14th, Wednesday, yeah. April 14th. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I mean, this so, is going to change quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's, it's one of those things. And I happen to agree with you. Like, I, I think that either route could be successful. The, the, the difficulty, what, what Travis Goff has to do right now is to evaluate the options and decide what's going to be more successful. I've seen a lot right. of people say that, you know, well, if, if you don't hire Emmett Jones at this point because of all the outpouring of support from the current players, and if you don't hire him as the full-time head coach, that you risk losing a whole bunch of them to transfers because Emmett Jones is going to be gone. And, and I think sure. that ignores a couple different things. First of all, you know, given the fact that David Beatty was a, you know, kind of in a similar situation, he was considered to be, you know, an up-and-coming position coach who, you know, seemed to kind of know what he was doing, uh, was taking over a program in Kansas that really had nowhere to go but up. Um you know, there was there was some rumblings when David Beatty was hired that he was like an ace recruiter for, you know, for uh, for the school that he was at previously. Like it's, it's one of those things. Obviously, it's a little different in that Emma Jones would be taking over at the exact same school that he has been coaching the last few years. Um, but it's it's a similar sort of thing. He hasn't been a, he, he hasn't been an offensive coordinator anywhere. You know, he's only been a, a position coach at the college level. You have to wonder if he's going to be able to over the long term do the sorts of things that he needs to be able to bring this program back. We saw that with David Beatty, yeah. that, that Beatty tried to take on way too much. He tried to do way too much himself. He wasn't really set up to lead a staff of people. He was used to getting in there and, you know, teaching guys and doing everything on his own. And he took on way too much and hamstrung himself. There has to be some potential concern. I think also the, the thoughts about like, if you don't hire him at, him at Jones as the head coach, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that he leaves. You know, if you find someone that comes in and wants to keep him on staff and, you know, is at least willing and open to the idea of keeping some of these Kansas, Kansas current assistant coaches, then, you know, that's going to give them the opportunity to hold on to a lot of these players because, yeah, it may not be Emmett Jones in charge, but if he's still on staff, he's still helping with recruiting, he's still, you know, you know they're going to feel heard by the fact that he's in the room, then you have that big opportunity, I think, to keep a lot of those guys. So, I mean, oh. go ahead. I have some thoughts here, um, and there's a few. Number one, keeping players, it matters. But we're we're talking about a winless team here. Let's not kid ourselves. If if you believe you have the right guy to lead Kansas for the next ten years, and you lose some players, so what? So that's that's one thought. The other thing, though, I, I would say it's an easy trap to fall into to compare Beatty and Emma Jones. Because they both, you know, again, weren't even coordinators. So I, I get that, but it's just, they're different guys. They're different humans. They have different experiences. Fair. So, so they're different humans. That's obvious. Right. But, but basically <laughs> what I'm trying to say is just because, for example, just because Lance Leipold is at Buffalo doesn't mean that he's, he's the next Turner Gale. Right. Exactly. And, and I think the same thing should at least be said for Emmett Jones. Now, you, your fears and concerns about him not having led a staff, taking on too much, you know, similar things we heard for Beatty are totally valid. Just because we don't know, he's not as proven as some of the exterior candidates. But again, the argument about losing players, and I, I really asked around on this, and I've been talking to a ton of people, uh, industry, former coaches, recruiting analysts, national media guys. I mean, I've been doing my research. You know, it's just kind of like, don't, that's not the end of the world if you get the right person. And the most important thing, I don't care who it is, as long as they have the best 
long-term plan and ability to execute. So that's, that's who you want to I, I understand that it's not a huge deal if you lose a bunch of players, especially if you think about, you know, if you anticipate a coach being here at least seven or eight years, right? A full, huge rebuild, losing a few guys at the yep. very beginning of it, even if it, you know, you lose, say, 20 scholarship players. Like, yeah, that's going to put you in a really bad situation scholarship-wise again. Um, but it's also kind of one of those things, if if you've got that commitment to the long-term coach, you're going to take your lumps up front, but it's not any different than the lumps you've been taking already, and you're allowing a guy you know, to get the guys that he wants and give them all the playing time that they're going to need to develop. So as long as you're confident in his ability to do that, I don't know that it's necessarily a deal breaker. Obviously though, if there's a way to retain guys, then you want to try to retain them. Uh, like, yes. And that speeds everything up. Yeah. I I just, I I just don't think it's an either or there's a lot of people that seem to think that like you either go with Emmett Jones and keep all the players and, you know, hope that he's able to do it or you bring it in an outside guy and you risk losing, you know, 20 or 25 players. It's like, I think there's a pathway right down the middle where you can hire an outside guy who's going to keep key members of the staff, kind of like, you know, Les Miles did with like Tony Hall and things like that. Like you can keep sure. those key recruiters sure. and keep most of the players. What the players want at this point, I think, is to make sure that they're understood, make sure that they're heard, and, you know, make sure that there's actually a clear direction. They had a clear direction under Les Miles. They had a clear direction with Emmett Jones, and he kind of continued the direction that they had. And so, like, they just don't want it to be, you know, upsetting the apple cart and having to start from from scratch. And if they feel like that's what's going to happen, then, yeah, they might leave. But I definitely think that you can bring in a guy that that can give them that clear vision of what he wants to do and, you know, have an opportunity to keep all these guys. And, I mean, it obviously hurts with the fact that, you know, this this transfer rule that's allowing them to leave and immediately be eligible elsewhere. That makes it a little bit harder to hold on to guys. But I also don't think it just means that everybody's going to transfer willy-nilly because they can't. Uh, you certainly, I mean, the, the scenario you suggested is one of the optimal solutions. You know, you get a coach, right. you keep you keep the current coach who you like, and you keep players. You know, this roster externally that the staff should get some credit that they've done a good job. There's good young talent, right? Um, at, at Kansas. And that that was kind of them saving their butt, you know, to keep their job with, with the less situation, uh, which is kind of how it's understood. I also talked to one former Big 12 coach who said, and this was about Emma Jones, but never before has a winless assistant coach who wasn't even a play caller, you know, gotten a head coaching job out of that. Now, right. it's a little unfair because it's probably better that he wasn't the play caller, as someone pointed out on Twitter. Exactly. And, and also, he, he might be a really good coach, and he might have a really good plan for Kansas. And, and what we're saying, you know, is an easy thing to, you know, it's easy to exclude that, but it, it doesn't, it shouldn't necessarily be counted against him. Clearly, players like him, hear out his plan. That's, that's my thought. Yep. Best plan wins. Yeah, I think it really comes down to if, if if I was putting odds on it right now, I would say he probably has about a 25% chance of keeping the job. Partly just because, uh, and I think that's because of, you know, how much support he has from the players currently and just the fact Definitely. that he can right now start working with Travis Goff. I do think, though, that the preference for everybody involved seems to be bring in a guy who is somewhat established that knows what he's doing and has a really clear vision. And so, like, that's there, why... There's some good coaches oh, looking yeah, at gosh. this job. There's some really good coaches. I mean, I also think, too, you know, for all the people saying, well, you should just let Emmett Jones have the interim year, see what he can do, and then, and you know, then hire the end of next year because you're going to shortchange whatever new coach is coming in. I can tell you right now, any coach that thinks that they can turn this Kansas job around is not going to care whether they do it now or if they wait eight months to come in and start doing it then. Yeah, it may be a little harder in terms of initial from the jump to do it now, but that also means that you know they have eight months starting now to come in, diagnose the problem, figure out what they need to do, and adjust the plans that they have instead of waiting eight months and not knowing what the situation is going to look like. So. Correct. It's, Correct. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Anybody who seriously wants the job is not going to care if you wait eight months to give them the best opportunity they can to be in year one, because honestly, if, if you think that the coach really expects to turn this into, you know, a 500 team in year one, then I think everyone's being delusional. Everyone knows the problems that this, you know, that, not that the, the coach you want to hire. Right. Exactly. If, if, if the coach is expecting those sorts of, you know, those sorts of results immediately, it means that they don't truly understand what's going on here. 
Yeah, yeah, I, that's exactly right. So, uh, and and if you're going to go external, the earlier the better. Right, exactly. Might as well get it started. It's a sooner you can get their plan in place to start fixing things. Yep, I, I definitely agree. All right, so I do want to go ahead. That that's actually the first question that we had from from anybody um, in the in, in the actual Twitter Q and A. Thanks to Christopher Martin for that question. He has a few other ones that were natural topics that we were going to go ahead and cover. We'll go ahead and jump back in. I do want to kind of talk about what you've been hearing about Munkin specifically and what his plan sure. is and, and, and that kind of stuff. But before we do that, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Rock Chalk Podcast. If you love the Big 12, then we have the show for you. The 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. Forget the SEC, forget the Big Ten, and forget national podcasts that only talk about Oklahoma and Texas. We talk about the Sooners and the Longhorns. We also talk about the Cyclones, the Cowboys, the Wildcats, the Mountaineers, the Jayhawks, the Red Raiders, the Horn Frogs, and the Bears. We love the whole Big 12, and we are available everywhere that podcasts are found. So go and find the 1012 Podcast and subscribe today. And we're back. Okay, so... Obviously, kind of the big news that you've been throwing out recently since the AD, um, you know, ha- has been hired is kind of all the, the the things you're hearing about potential candidates and what they're wanting to do. And the big one, obviously, I think is Jeff Munkin. You know, he's he's for, from what you've reported, you know, he has a plan. He's he's putting a plan together. He's kind of building a potential staff, talking about who he wants to bring in and the vision that he has, you know. In terms, like, I, I think when, when a lot of people hear Munkin's name, they immediately think triple option. And I've seen a whole bunch of people that want, you know, him to be hired or one of these other coaches is going to come in and turn Kansas into a triple option team. Um, you know, while, while that's an interesting idea and I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it, I also kind of was almost relieved to hear what you're talking about in terms of the modern offense he wants to bring in. So, I'm grabbing pe- bit, bits and pieces here, but why don't you go ahead and, and just share with the listeners what it is that you've actually been hearing about what Munkin wants to do and, and how well do you think that actually would work at Kansas? Sure. Yeah. You know, it's with Jeff Munkin, there's two, two main questions that people kind of are scared of, you know, will he run triple option? And then if they don't want that, it's, well, you don't want a coach who's not running his true system. And that's just when, what I've learned is not the case. Jeff Munkin, by all accounts, is not a system coach. He oversees a program. He just happened to kind of get linked up with Paul Johnson at Georgia Tech, brought those guys over to Georgia Southern. They ran triple, and it makes a lot of sense at Army where you have to have smaller guys. There are rate requirements on the offensive line. It just kind of happened out of chance and necessity, and – he's smart enough to understand it's a way to win for him at a disadvantaged school. So right. certainly wanted to set out to say, is this his plan for Kansas? Does he have a plan for Kansas? The answer sounds like yes. Uh, and I, I think I tweeted, he, you know, he does, he does not want to run triple option. Uh, this has been made very clear. Uh, a lot of industry sources believe that he would not run triple option. We're talking about a modern offense that is power run dependent. A lot of you can run option schemes in theories and philosophies, just not out of the flex bone, wishbone, old school. When you think of option, what Georgia Tech ran forever and never iterated, never modernized their system. That's not what's going to be happening here. A lot of think of, you know, tempo, no huddle, shotgun power run football with RPOs and play actions, it will not be, this will not be a new offense that people have never seen before. Right. That's, that's one thing. It's not going to be a complete invention of of an offense here. You know, early on I was told to look at coastal Carolina, but I think it's even more simple than that. I think you can look at what some of the best schools in the country are doing. They run RPO. They a lot of them run the ball, and you know a, a different. I would say uh, actually the old Big Twelve coach who I referenced earlier, saying, "Look at the Big Twelve linebackers right now. They are skinny. They are skinnier than he's ever seen." Now would be a really good time to get big up front and go power, and that aligns very well 
with what other people told me Monkin wants to do, or Monkin wants to do. So that's that's what I've kind of come to expect. Now, you know, it's interesting that you you a negative of this from someone else I talked to said, well, you're it's a little unique to bring a coach who has got to bring in a whole new staff. Um, and that definitely is kind of a, a red flag, if you want to say so. It's it's abnormal. However, I believe there is a very detailed plan. I believe he is an extremely detail-oriented, motivation, disciplined coach that might remind some people of a less mean, maybe. I, I don't totally – I don't know the guy, but it certainly sounds like there's some Mangino – philosophies and his name certainly comes up and I don't I, I I would believe that Jeff Munkin or someone for him I don't know has probably talked to Mark Mangino but he, he I think other staff have as well uh, these guys are doing research they are talking to everyone that they can uh, especially the Munkin group and it, it sounds impressive now I don't think they've they've had a chance to interview yet um, and that's just kind of what people are waiting for. Does that kind of answer a little bit? There, there was a yeah. lot to unpack there, but yeah. uh, I really think modern, the key things, modern, you know, uh, no huddle, shotgun RPO are, are really a lot of the things I would think about. Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those things when you saw national writers talking about like their dream candidates for Kansas, which is which is kind of funny because you know national writers typically ignore Kansas unless they can laugh at them for for losing. Um, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like their, their <laughs> dream candidate was, um, you know, either bring in Jeff Munkin or Willie Fritz cause they're going to run the triple option and, oh sure. my gosh, it'd be great to see a triple option at an, at a power five school again, you know, and everyone points to Georgia tech and how successful they were with that, you know, kind of ignoring the fact that when you convert to a triple option system completely, you sell out for that and you only do that, you know, and when the coach leaves, right, you're screwed. Then you have to turn back, or you have to find another triple option not- coach, which which really yeah. severely limits you in terms of who you can actually right. pull in. It's also one of those things that I think a lot of people forget is that you know when you are playing the same in conference opponent because because we saw this with Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, you know, had a moderate amount of success, but the really good teams that prepared for them and saw them every single year in the ACC we're ready for what they did. It's, you know, it's a zag compared to everyone else. But when you play that team year after year after year, you get familiar with what they do. It's just like in any other sport where you look at, you know, things that people do, their, their tendencies, you know, the systems that they run, you can scout that and you can understand what's going on there and you can prepare for it. And you know that like when it's that week to play Kansas, they're running the triple option. This is what we need to be ready for. Your three and four year players have seen it. Right. Exactly. what Iowa State has kind of, you know, that's that's a zag without totally selling out the future of your program. They right. recruit different areas of the country. They still look at the SEC tech in Texas region, but you can recruit locally and you can get big. And you know, certainly they're a little more pro style, but there there is a uh, a reasonable zag. We're not talking about. Again, going crazy here, but it is a change in philosophy. We haven't even talked about defense, where Army's defense kicked ass. There's a reason in the past with Munkin that they they beat, uh, you know, or they they took Oklahoma and Michigan both to overtime, double overtime. They hadn't beat Navy for like 14 straight years, and now they beat them three out of the last four. Um, their defense, they brought in this DC Nate Woody. Uh, they have the number one defense in the country. You could say that is because they run the ball a lot, and there's truth to that. But look, <laughs> I don't care if Kansas runs the ball a lot and has the number one defense in the country and wins games. It's pretty good. It sounds fine to me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I think what, kind of what people at. fail to realize, it's not that the triple option is doing that. It's the fact that Jeff Munkin has found a system that matches the talents of the players that he has. Yes. And that's really yeah, what that's it is. Exactly right. Because you know, you you look at the teams that are super successful. It's because like, but oh, you know, most most of the military academies will do that because of the requirements for actually getting in the military. Like, you have to yes. have people that are in a certain you know shape. You can't have linemen the way that you yes. need to run some of the other things. Um, you know, and and 
And kind of shifting over to what you were saying about, you know, linebackers being small. I think a lot of that, I'm completely jumping to a different point now, but I think a lot of that is because in the Big 12, you know, they, they have to be coverage linebackers. They're not, you know, power running No, that, linebackers. That's, exact, that's exactly it. Right. And you so, gotta like, beat, you got to recruit to beat Oklahoma. And right. then all of a sudden, you come to Kansas in November and you're freezing and your little linebackers are getting their ass kicked. Yep. I mean, that is the plan. Right. So the way to be successful in it and, and right is in, in some place like the Big 12 is not that you try to do the exact same thing that everyone else is doing. You find something that's completely different than the most successful teams be different enough that, you know, if you're trying to beat those teams, you can't also use that same strategy to beat your team. And that's how you're different enough right. that you can steal a bunch of wins. You not necessarily should be able to get based off of talent level alone. You know, it, you, you find now- that niche. No, that's, that's right. But I also, you know, we're talking about Munkin for this. The other guy, Lance Leifold at Buffalo, amazing stat that they led their conference in passing one year and then rushing the next. I mean, talk about a guy who will be flexible to talent. It's a, it's a crazy fact that I think, you know, is also something that should excite KU fans as if if he's an interested candidate, Uh, you know, that's, that's flexibility. They, they fit, and I've been told you know, this directly, they intentionally will fit their offense to their personnel and players and try to make it the best chance, you know, give them the best chance to win. It's not, you know, it's not about this is what we run, we're air raid, like everyone else in the Big 12 and Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. And then all of a sudden you got the worst players doing the exact same thing. Right, right. All right. Well, uh, so they're they're on board with that too. Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of options. I do want to wrap up that the the football coaching talk because we've spent, gosh, over half an hour talking about this at the point. There are a few other oh points God. that I wanted to hit, um, but Kansas I'll, fans I'll, talking about football. I know it's it's really weird. Although this is <laughs> definitely the time to do it since the basketball season's over. Yes, it, you know, it ended in a way that maybe no not problem. a whole bunch of people want to talk about it. Um, you know, other than the fact that the you know the Rock Chalk Sports Trivia Tournament is going on right now. Um, which I'll be in next week, and and our, my my normal co-host Fetch actually advanced uh, earlier this week. So, um, but but other than that, everyone wants to focus on something other than the end of the basketball season. So, um, sure. but taking a look here, there was one other question um, at Jason Romero for on Twitter asked, would Jim Harbaugh be a good fit? And I I <laughs> saw this and first laughed at it. wasn't sure if he was serious or not, but I think we can answer this one really quickly. That one, I don't think he's going to be leaving anytime soon. Um, at Michigan, and two, if he does, I don't know if it would be in a situation where I'd actually want him to come to Kansas. Any any different thoughts from you? Uh, okay. It's a lot. It, it is something to laugh at. Obviously, Kansas fans have a strong interest for Jim Har- with Jim Harbaugh for a long time. Right. Know, this isn't totally new. Uh, if he's interested, you can talk to him. But you got to make sure you're not walking into, uh, you know, Les Miles, kind of a crazed coach who, who might be past his time. Right. Um, and that's, you know, Les Miles was, was a lot older and Jim Harbaugh's crazy high energy. Uh, yeah, you could, I think you talk to him, uh, but you, you should definitely go in uh, very suspicious. Yeah, I, <laughs> that, I think that would be my. I would I th- want some details. I think my overall thought on it is that it could work if you decided to go that way, but it doesn't sound like it would be even in the top five of of directions it's, that I would want to go right now. I just don't. It's just very unlikely for a lot, a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, he wanted some smaller schools for sure uh, on the West Coast, and and he's he's done it at the highest level. It just seems like it would be a disaster waiting to happen if you're looking for stability. Jim Harbaugh is probably not your not your answer. Yeah, definitely not. All right, so let's yeah. jump over now. Talk a little bit of basketball. Um, you know, because, hoops. I know, I know, because obviously the the transfer portal is going crazy right now. Um, there's a whole bunch of people. Same. It seems like Kansas has completely overturned their roster for next year. Um, gosh, I'm thinking they had like five or six people transfer out, and they've already pretty much filled up the uh, the the roster for next year as well. But. Um, I, rather than go through everybody there, you know, the, um, there is a question, again, from uh, – uh, actually, no, sorry, wrong one. Uh, this is the one from Jack Ritt. Uh, he says, uh, wants us to rate newcomers, either transfers or commits, and how likely it is that they will come to KU. So instead of trying to go through the, the 
you know, transfer portal and decide who, who we think and, you know, who, who would be the best ones to come to KU. That would be really tough. Yeah. yeah. That, one, that would be really tough. But two, well, let's just, um, number one guy you think that is coming to Kansas, who do you think is going to make the biggest impact of the guys that have actually transferred in or have committed to KU? And is there a name out there that you think is still likely for Kansas or that could make a big impact if they decided to come to KU? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start with the uh, transfer in to make the biggest impact. And I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, Yasufu definitely, you know, I don't have all the names in front of me, but right. Yasufu definitely immediately comes to mind. This guy was a stud for Drake at the end of the year. We Kansas needs a scoring guard. No question about it. Can he be that guy? You hope, and he's got multiple years of eligibility left. Right. So that's that's the first name that that comes to mind for me. Um, I have no idea what to expect from from uh, the D two kid. Sorry, um, what's his name? Cam I, I Christian. Oh gosh, I completely forgot Not his Christian. name as well. Christian's, don't worry, we can cut. Yeah, uh, it, don't worry about that. The the D two kid, no idea. It's just not something he just, you see he that just signed today too. Like I should know Correct. who this is. So. I should too, and I feel a little bad, but he'll he's playing basketball for Kansas. He's fine. Uh, so yeah, I, I just it's really rare. Um, he looks good on tape, but no idea. Yasufu has done it in the postseason. He was electric. I was watching those Drake games and had a blast watching him. Cam so, Martin, sorry. Really, I, I just Cam got Martin. his name. That, that's who it is. I think he's going to be good for Kansas. The problem is being at Division II, uh, I don't know how well it's going to translate. I think that he'll, by, by the end of the season, he'll probably be pretty effective. Um, you know, Assuming, of course, that he actually gets off the bench. I just don't know with everything that we have and all the new pieces. It's kind of hard to think about where, you know, what that, that uh, rotation is going to look like, especially since we don't know technically if, if Abaji's coming back. Um, Jalen Wilson or Jalen Wilson, right. Or even Marcus Garrett. Like if Marcus Garrett comes back, I think that Correct. completely changes what, you know, the Correct. outlook for all of these guys, including Yusufu. I do think that, yes, like I, I, I agree with you. And I actually talked about this with fetch last week that Yusufu is definitely a guy that I think is going to have a big impact. The question is going to be, what is that impact? And is he going to be doing it as like a, you know, a, a secondary point guard, or is he going to be the main guy at point guard? Um, like there's just too many open questions, too many new guys and too many moving pieces. I think the fact that it's just weird being in the situation with so many guys turning over on the roster that, you know, it's, it's hard to take what we saw at the end of this year and really project it forward without knowing who's actually going to get rotation minutes. Yeah, no, I, I think that's very fair. And he, you know, you don't, you gotta have good expectations. This is a big shift. He didn't really come on for Drake till the end of the year, the end of his sophomore season. You don't want crazy expectations for, you know, like like Charlie Moore, like a situation like that, who has been fine elsewhere. There, you certainly expect different things. And defensively, you do at Kansas. He's better than Charlie Moore. He will be for Kansas. I'm pretty confident there. But, but the role is really unclear. The playing time is extremely unclear. And, and talk about, you know, someone you expect to come in. Certainly, this is not a secret, but a lot of people expect Christian Bishop from Creighton to come in. Stud really, really would be a nice pickup for Kansas. Some size, some athleticism. Um, you know, that's, that's one name. But these guys are all waiting to see what the other ones are doing. Right. Because there's so much uncertainty. Where am I going to be playing? What kind of minutes will I be playing? What? What is this year? And that's why the staff, you know, I think would like some of these decisions to happen sooner rather than later. And then ultimately everyone is hung up on uh, Ty Ty Washington. Uh, seems to be a huge recruiting battle picking up there. I just have no idea what to, what to expect. It uh, doesn't seem to be trending that great for Kansas, but with recruiting, with transfers, I like you never want to stamp your name on that until the person has signed the letter because that can change at the last minute. Uh, I do know that multiple people told me that uh, Bill Self, and I tweeted this when I saw someone be like, what does that even mean? Bill Self is really fired up and energized by all accounts. I don't know if it's because of the rough season. It was a bad year. The NCAA investigation, that has got to be agitating. Baylor winning the national title. Wow. Like, that, that has to hurt, too. And 
then you get a lifetime contract. The school has your back. I think he is extremely motivated and he wants to get tough. I've been told to, enough with these nice guys on the team. He wants some tough guys uh, back, you know, more early 2010s, Kansas basketball, even late 2000s. Um, and that is just, you know, should, I think, really be exciting for a lot of people. Is there going to be some roster turnover in the meantime? Sure. But was the roster that great to begin with for Kansas standards? I don't want another year like last year. No, not really. So, so you know, it, it's surprising when you see Bryce Thompson leave, but I'm not really saying the sky is falling. I think they're recalibrating, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if they can land in another good player or two. Uh, it certainly seems like that's likely. Yeah, definitely. All right, so so the other obviously big news around the – the college basketball uh, team right now is that, uh, you know, when, when Chris Beard took the job at Texas, Jarrence Howard decided to leave to go be, um, you know, an, an assistant with him over there, uh, which means that Kansas has an open spot for the assistant. Any, anything you've heard in terms of, you know, there was a lot of people throwing out rumors that uh, Dooley was going to come back. And obviously that's been uh, debunked by him himself. Um, have you heard anything about potential candidates for that? Or do you, do you, do you have any idea or any, you know, guesses about which way that they're leaning for trying to fill that? Or is that something that's going to hang open for a while while they evaluate options? No, that, that's a good question. Um, I had heard that young recruiter grinder type was likely, but I just don't, you know, let's say you do have that discussion with Joe Dooley. You take Joe Dooley for sure. He's a known, very good coach. So this can go in a number of ways. My guess is you get a young guy. I do think um, I do think Jeremy Case will get a legitimate shot at this. Um, that, it wouldn't stun me to see him get this job. I think they'll give him a look. Uh, it depends on who else is available, and uh, you know that that is definitely something I have, I have heard has been you know mentioned. But it all, and frankly, I've told you what I've heard. What's rumor? This is rumor. So there's really nothing definitive here. A lot of people wonder about Aaron Miles. Uh, he has had some college opportunities in the past. I don't, I don't know if this has been reported, but he has. And he hasn't taken them. He's in a very favorable spot with the Golden right. State Warriors. But he likes Bill. Bill likes him a whole lot. So that, it wouldn't be – you know, certainly I've heard his name and I understand why. I just feel like he's kind of fast-tracked on a really good NBA trajectory. Right. It really comes uh, down to, does he want to jump into college behind. or does he want to stay right. in the NBA? And if he wants to stay in the NBA, then where he's at is the perfect spot for it right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. If he really wants uh, to be a college he, head coach and really wants to come back to Kansas to do it, like, you know, that, that would be a good opportunity for him. But I, I, I happen to agree with you. From everything I've seen, all the press coverage about, you know, the job he's doing there, he seems really happy where he's at. He definitely seems like he's more of an NBA type of coach as opposed to a college coach. There's a lot of college coach, you know, a, a, a lot, a lot of coaches that just don't want to be in college because they don't want to deal with the recruiting mess. And I don't blame them. Like if that's what you love is coaching ball and helping players develop, you know, and helping players like helping to put together a really good team and just coaching a whole bunch of guys that can focus on just basketball and not have to worry about school. Then, you know, you, you don't want to go to college because you don't want to have to deal with all the, you know, politics and everything else that jumps, you know, and, and like takes away from the time that you can actually be coaching um, we, we Bill Self wants college, a, so. If Bill Self wants a recruiter, you know, do you leave the NBA to go fill that, fill that role? That right. it would be a tough sell. Um, but they they do, I think, you know, have a ton of respect for each other. But the Warriors have treated Aaron Miles very very well, and um, I, that would be surprising. But probably a call that's been made. I, I just haven't heard anything there, and and I, I think I. I would if, if something went that way. Uh, yep. But again, it's it's early. Um, so no real guesses, no rumor. The, the best name I have is the one who's in the job, and that's Jeremy Case. Um, and, and I've heard you've seen other guys' names been thrown around. I I just don't know. That's, that's ultimately it. Uh, I would expect young recruiter, and uh, I would imagine Jeremy Case also fit that bill. Yep, definitely. All right, so final final quick hitters. Um, one, real quick with uh, with Andrea Hootie, 
not, you know, having a job anymore with Texas. She obviously just left KU last year um, to go to Texas and kind of set up their program there. I don't see her coming back at KU, one, because KU already has a, you know, a strength and conditioning coach. I don't know that, you know, Bill Self would, would say no to having her back, but I also don't think that he's going to see himself needing to be in a position. And honestly, the way that the, the, the department is still set up um, in terms of who they actually report to, I don't know that she would want to come back into this type of situation. I don't know that, that that's necessarily a bad thing, but did you have any other additional thoughts about that? Or, or, or do you think I'm wrong about anything uh, related to her? No, you know, you, I think you're, you're on the right track and, you know, no one talks about the current trainer, the current strength coach, because everyone's, you know, loved Hootie and for great reason. She's great at what she does. No question about it. And they loved her at Kansas. Kansas loved her back. I do think Ramsey, the current coach, is is very good. I've heard good things in that he is liked. So, you know, I just don't know that um, that, that kind of change gets made. Um, maybe people should look at the new guy and say, yeah, exactly. Give, give him give him a shot. Well, um, not only that, but can come up with like two million dollars to pay Hootie again to come back and have both of them. <laughs> but, but you got to go pay a football coach. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's also one of those things, like, I think a lot of people fail to realize that one of the main reasons she left, and this was talked about when she actually left, but, you know, when when they reorganize the department so that all the trainers, you know, report up through yeah. University of Kansas Health and report through doctors, and it's not like them running their own program or reporting directly to the coaches, that really changes yep. the dynamic of, way the, of the way that the job worked. And it didn't seem like she really liked that setup. I can't necessarily blame her. She's used to being able to do her own thing. And, you know, it, I mean, like, I'm not saying that the way that she does it is wrong or that the way that they're doing it now is right or, or you know, or vice versa. But it definitely seemed like the dynamic wasn't something that was going to be conducive to Hootie working the way that she wanted to. And so she was right to move on, you know, found, found a place to do that. And it's unfortunate for her now that Texas, you know, brought over the Texas Tech guy when, when Beard came over. But I'm sure she's going to find somewhere great to land. She's going, you know, she's going to be a hot commodity. Anybody who's looking for a strength and conditioning coach, she's, she's going to have plenty of calls. She's going to find somewhere. She doesn't need to come begging Definitely. back to Kansas. And I don't think Kansas is in a position right now to give her the things that she probably is going to want. So, you know, I just think it's like rocking the boat, trying to get her back is not something that, that uh, Goff needs to really be worrying too much about right now when he's got that football coach decision to make. Yeah, it, it would be it would be surprising, and maybe she'll go to Marquette with Shaka. I don't know. Um, certainly surprised to see her not have a job. And, and yes, the things changed, um, and she was not, you know, pretty well known. She wasn't thrilled about it, but I don't know that that was the ultimate deal breaker. I think it's uh, another one in the the Jeff Long list of things that went a little awry over yep. the last few years. All right, so let's finish up on these quick hitters, and you can fully tell me to just move on after I say them because I look at these, and they're not really related to KU, but I like to throw out the lightning round random questions that people send in because, you know, they took time to ask questions. So I think some of these are a joke, but I'm going to let you answer them if you really want to. From Andy at you serious Lark, he says, uh, would love to hear your thoughts on the cheating Astros. So if you want to make a comment, <laughs> feel free. If not, then we'll just move on. <laughs> Oh, I'm happy to discuss the World Series champion Houston Astros, Andy. Just remember that the banner still hangs in Houston. I'm a Houston Astros fan. Fan, Yes, I grew up in Houston. So thank you for bringing up that they won the World Championship, Andy. I I figured it was going to be something like that. But you know what my thought on that (laughs) is? Is that it just means that the MLB and the NCAA have something in common. They find people who do things against the rules and they don't do a damn thing about it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's a reason that the Yankees and other organizations who are definitely allegedly tied up in this mess, you know, didn't get punishment. Uh, but Hey, you play the game, you get caught, you got to live with the consequences. And that's, that's what we've seen. Yeah, Kansas might have to do the same to some extent. Unclear I'm, what it's. Been. I'm just gonna say, from all from all uh, views right now, it looks like the M- the MLB and the NCAA have very similar ideas about how <laughs> seriously we should punish people that get caught cheating in some fashion. So. Yep. Um, all right, but we're gonna go ahead and leave it there, Mike. Uh, I I know you said that you're you know in a completely unrelated field at this point now, but uh, you know for people that want to hear all the rumblings, where can they find you online? 
at M underscore Vernon. That's V as in Victor, E-R-N-O-N, on Twitter. M Vernon, M underscore Vernon on Twitter. I give it, I, I get the information. I try to confirm things and I put it out when I know for a fact that it is true. And I try to keep the fan base as informed as I would want to be myself. Well, we sure do appreciate it. I know that, that, uh, you know, I've, I've definitely been following everything that you put out there because (laughs) I can tell you that your sources are much better connected than my sources. So I I really appreciate that. Thank you for coming to uh, talk with us today. Um, and, but that, that is going to do it for us today. Thank you for coming, Mike. Absolutely. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. You guys do a great job. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, please do go out wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there, just search for rock chalk podcast and you can subscribe there. So you get every episode as soon as it comes out. Um, you know, also if you can give us a rating and review five stars, nice comments would absolutely love it. Uh, that, that way, you know, it really does help us out, get, the podcast out to more people. But uh, if, if for whatever reason you're not able to give us that, just let us know what it is. We, we can be doing better. We really do bring the podcast to you guys to get you all the information you need in as entertaining a way as possible. So if you ever have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want to try to interview, anything like that, you can contact me by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com on Twitter at rockchalkpod. Um, you, you can also, you know, we are affiliated with Rock Chalk Talk over on, on the SB Nation Network. So you can always talk with Fetch over there at Rock Chalk Talk as well. Um, you know, now, now that we're on anchor.fm, you actually can leave us voicemail so we can get your voice onto the show. Just go to, uh, anchor.fm slash rock dash chalk dash podcast slash message. And you can leave us that voicemail there. And we'll, I promise that we'll get you on the show unless it's just an absolutely ridiculous question. You guys know who you are. Um, but that's going to do it for us today. Mike, again, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will catch you guys next time on the rock chalk podcast. Network.